What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It is Graham, also known as Hamhawks42, and I am back for another edition of Overthinking MTG. Alright, so we're over here on the Gatherer. Let's go ahead and scroll on down to that random card button that we love oh so much. Alright, here we go. What do we get? Uh, we got a card called Slippery Karst. Can't help but wonder what a karst is exactly. That's, uh, that I gotta admit, it's a word I'm not familiar with. Uh, this looks, this looks like a common. And the one that we're seeing right now is actually from the Dual Deck Anthology of Garrick versus Liliana. All right. So I got to say, in general, I do like the Dual Decks. They're kind of a cool, uh, they're a cool feature. And I really like the way that they do that, where they put out a, you know, specialized set that are designed, you know, they put out a pair of decks that are designed to go up against each other and be balanced with one another so new players have an opportunity to really just pick it up and go. So I think that's really cool. And for experienced folks, they reprint a lot of older cards with alternate artwork. So you can get stuff, well, like Slippery Karst here, which presumably is, um, you know, a different artwork and a different set symbol than we've seen on other versions. Um, and, uh, there are, you know, there are a number of other cards like this. Actually, um, the version, I, I have a version of uh, Fleshbag Marauder that I'm running one of my commander decks, which is actually from uh, one of the dual decks. And so the artwork is completely different than the one that you normally see, which is pretty cool. I, I think it's neat. It's a fun um, alternate way of looking at the card. So Slippery Karst, what is it? What What's a Karst? Um, I, I, I don't know. Looking at the artwork, it's clearly some kind of... Well, it's a land. That's what that I can tell you that for sure. It's some kind of terrain feature. It looks like perhaps uh, some kind of ravine or a. Uh, actually, it looks like a cavern that has been hollowed out by the passage of a river, based on the artwork. But it's kind of at an odd angle, so it's tough to tell. I can't. You know, I'm probably getting that wrong. Anyway, it looks like there. It looks like a ravine in a forest with a waterfall pouring down it. If that helps at all. Anyway. So I guess I have something to look up on dictionary.com when we're done here. But this particular land, it is a mono green land. It's not a forest. There's no there's no land type. And it's not a basic land, also important to note. It comes into the battlefield tapped, or you can and once it untaps, you can tap it for one green mana. So it functions exactly like a forest in that regard. Uh, but the benefit is that it can cycle for two generic. So there are a number of lands like this that cycle, and there was a whole series that was printed in Onslaught, or the Onslaught block anyway, I don't remember if they were actually from Onslaught proper or not, that cycled for one mana of whatever color the land produced. And those are handy, those are your barren moors, your lonely sandbars, those are really useful in... Um, in Commander specifically, they're really great in like two-color decks or even mono-color decks where you end up ramping really hard early and you have access to a ton of mana to the point where drawing a land late in the game is really detrimental. It actually hurts you pretty dramatically because one extra mana is a very small benefit. And in all likelihood, at that point, you just need to be refilling your hand with powerful things to do with all the mana that you have. You know, if, if you've been setting up properly, if you're... 8, 9, 10, 12 turns into a game of Commander, you should have, you know, 15, maybe even 20 mana at your disposal. Maybe that's a bit extreme, depending on how grindy the game is. But, you know, you'll have 12, 13, 14 mana comfortably at your disposal at that point in the game. 
and you shouldn't need any more lands. In fact, drawing a land is a, is effectively a dead draw. So cards that allow you to cycle that land away for a minor cost is really handy. So Slippery Karst here cycles away for two generic. You can spend any color of mana to cycle, unlike the Onslaught set that all had cycling for the particular color. Um, so this is handy in decks that are three, four, or even five colors because you can cycle this late in the game because you don't need any more mana. So that's still something you can do. It costs a little bit more to do that than the other set. However, the other use case for this particular card is early in the game, if you just need, if there's a particular three drop that you need to get your hands on, or there's, there, you know, there's a particular like low cost something and you don't need green mana. Let's say you have just splashed green in into the deck um, for one particular card, and maybe it's late in the game and you don't have it. Or you have another green source on the board, so this would just be extra, and you don't need it, and you benefit more from being able to just churn through your deck one draw faster. Well, Slippery Karst can give you that, and you can spend... You know, you can spend any of the other four colors of mana, or if you have green, cool, you can do that too. The other, So in Commander or other singleton formats where you're only allowed to have one copy of any card in your deck, this is really handy because then you can have this as well as the appropriate um, cycling lands from Onslaught where they cycle for the color specific. So this gives you some redundancy there. The downside, obviously, is that if you do need it as a land, it comes into play tapped. That's pretty significant, and the tempo that you're going to be sacrificing for that can really hurt you. So you need to be careful about that. You know, the reason that I mentioned Commander specifically as kind of the place where a card like this can really be useful. I'm not, I'm not necessarily... It's never going to shine. It's never going to be the center point of your deck, ever. I mean, I guess... I shouldn't say ever, because there are decks that focus around cards like Astral Slide, where you do get a benefit every time you cycle something. So if you have something like that, if you have synergies that actually trigger upon cycling or upon drawing cards, then this could be a way to not only churn through your deck a little bit faster, but also kick those off and get those benefits. So, uh, you know, there are some fringe cases where you can get some added added value late in the game out of that, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's not without, yeah, it's not, it's not nothing. Um, but in the end, this is nine times out of 10, it's going to be specifically for um, decks that are in the more casual formats, in slower formats, you know, in, in a format like modern or legacy or vintage, where the game is very fast and you can theoretically win on turn three very consistently or potentially turn four or in the case of legacy turn one something a, a land that comes into play tapped is going to be nothing but a detriment to you if you're trying to play at a competitive level so like this is one of those things where it, like modern players would look at this card and just go why would anyone play this this is dumb get it out of here you know that is presumably somebody who played modern exclusively you know commander players would look at this and kind of go eh, okay maybe here maybe there wherever that that is you know if you have a deck built around you know um berber uh, uh enraged or um 
What's the other one? Lord Windgrace, you know, where there's, or the Gitrog monster, where there's synergies as land go into the graveyard, and based on the number of lands you have in your graveyard, something like this could be kind of fun, because you could then leverage that, get more lands into your graveyard, you know, and do other things with it. In general, you would rather have fetch lands to serve that purpose, but if you can't afford fetch lands, then a card like this can can get you there. It can get, get a very similar effect. So, it's not useless, but at the same time, this is also not something that you really want to go out of your way for. If you happen to have one because you had one of these dual decks back in, back in the day, or let's go ahead and um, take a look. It looks like these particular lands, um, my understanding is they've reprinted in a number of different sets. And so if you do have, yeah, it looks like they were originally from the Ur from Urza's Saga, which was many years ago now, uh, back in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they've been reprinted in a whole bunch of different things, including a lot of Commander products, which makes sense, because that is the format that makes the most sense for these. Although that's the case for a lot of weird cards that were janky or um, not as useful back in the day. You know, a lot of cards that were playable in Limited when they were limited legal, all of a sudden find homes in Commander decks because it's just a looser format. It's just what it is. And I, I say that lovingly. I think it's fantastic. It's it's the last format where the whole point is to just have fun. And I think that's fantastic. I love it. I can't speak enough highly enough about it. Anyway, there is one ruling associated with the, this card, which was from 2008. And it says, cycling is an activated ability. Effects that interact with activated abilities, such as Stifle or Rings of Bright Hearth, will interact with cycling. Effects that interact with spells, such as Remove Soul or Fairy Taunting, will not. I also find it funny that Remove Soul and Fairy Taunting were the spells that, you know, they, they didn't mention Counterspell or Remand. Anyway. There's so many different counter spells and so many different things. I mean, Remove Soul. Okay, that's fine. Um, remove Soul actually couldn't interact with this anyway because it's not a creature, but there are creatures with cycling, so whatever. Um, it has, it, that's a good call out. It's interesting how there are certain cards that have activated abilities that you can trigger, well, that you can activate from your hand, and cycling is one of them. It's, it's one of those cool effects. Um, that's one of the things that makes cards that have added bonuses when they cycle that much better you know there are a lot of cards from back in the day from the early 2000s that have extra effects whenever you cycle like that. there's a whole sub theme in again the onslaught block i keep going back to it because that was kind of the golden era when i when i started it was the onslaught block going into mirrodin that was like mm, that was my jam i also spent a lot of time in kamigawa so maybe that explains something about me i don't know but there was a whole sub-theme back in the day about uh, cycling. And there were cards like Astral Slide, which when you cycled a card, you could flicker something. You know, so you could do all kinds of crazy end-of-the-battlefield shenanigans with those. And cards like this, like Slippery Karst, or this whole cycle of lands that have cycling on them, those could enable those kinds of triggers late in the game. So if you have an engine that leverages cycling in one way or another, sweet go for it like then adding cycling on your lands in addition to all the other cards that you've got going on that you know may or may not have situational value 
then sweet. You know, anytime you can get a little extra value on your lands, you're in good shape. You know, lands that have other abilities on them are just awesome. Which is why if you look at like the castle cycle from Throne of Eldraine or the uh, the Labyrinth of Scophos, you know, well, which is effectively a um, a retooled, what is it, Maze of Ith. And those kinds of cards that just have a little extra something on them, but are just land drops, like you don't have to cast them for anything, those are just usually worth at least a second look. Because that is just, that's just added value. You know, it's like 401k matching. It's just free money. It's just, it's just free value. Now, in this case, the value is not free. The cost is that the land would come into play tapped if you need a land. But, you know, that's one of those things where I would make sure if you're in a setting where leveraging some cycle lands could make sense, I would temper the, I, I would be very deliberate about the number of them that you put into your deck. Because if all of your lands are coming into play tapped, you are a turn behind your opponent just deliberately you're choosing to be one turn behind your opponent and if they're on the play and you're on the draw we'll get out of here then you're basically playing two turns back the whole game and that it's really hard to win when you're basically giving your opponent two free turns at the beginning of the game which is basically what you're doing if you if your lands have to come in tapped for the first couple of turns so yeah they're just a little word of warning so these are good they you know they are um they are you know a particularly strong spice like think of your spice of choice be that you know cumin or um you know hot pepper whatever that is you know a little sprinkle can really add add something to a dish but if you splash it on too hard it's going to be unpalatable so keep that in mind as you're as you're setting up your mana base Alright guys, thanks so much for hanging out. As always, I appreciate it. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, same time, same channel. You know where to find me. And that is on YouTube as well as anywhere you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Anchor, which I would highly recommend you check out. Alright, um, you can also check me out on Twitch every morning, 5.30 to 6.30 Eastern Time, because I am a maniac. That is my morning workout, and I also stream Arena for, a, for one hour every day. And if you have any questions, if you want to just hang out, please don't hesitate to pop in. I love talking with new people. Um, if you're not as familiar with magic and you find that you want to to jump in, but it's a little daunting, then please don't hesitate to reach out. I think this game is absolutely fantastic, and a lot of us who have been invested for a long time just we get so into it and so into our own heads, and we start throwing out all these funky words, and we forget that new players need a little bit of uh, guidance on the way in. I mean, not everybody. There are a lot of great content creators out there who really focus on making uh, content that's nice for new players. But, and I'm trying to add my voice to that. So if you have any questions about the game, please don't hesitate to reach out. I absolutely love talking to folks. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, and I'll see you then. I'm still working on a sign-off, but we'll figure it out. All right, later, guys.